This podcast is part of the GWC Network. For more information on it or to check out some of our other awesome podcasts, visit us at galacticwatercooler.com. After the tone, enjoy the show. This is Save Eureka, podcast number 36, Force Quit. Welcome back, everybody. Yes. Hello. Eureka, continuing to be badass. Oh, I thought this episode was awesome. Can, can I just say that you, you never really realize how good Carter is until you see badder, bad Carter? <laughs> It was kind of weird, yeah. But yeah. Evil Carter was strange, you know. Evil Carter just like when they ramped up there, you know, wrap wrap it up to a maximum security mode, and Carter gets all creepy. It's like, uh, so maximum do, creepy was, mode. Who do you think was creepier, creepy Carter or creepy Henry? Creepy Henry, yeah. I don't know. Creepy Henry was was mean specifically, and creepy Carter was just creepy overall. I think I could see that. Like you, you got you got um, Henry being like, no, you're not going anywhere. Blah 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 blah. Carter being creepy. Carter being all surreptitious and like, <laughs> well, and not very good at it, right? Yeah. <laughs> and then you got like creep, creepy Joe, which is just like flat out cartoon villain, mustache twirling evil. <laughs> creepy Joe is creepy. <laughs> yeah, I you're was right. laughing she, at creepy Joe. I was honest. laughing a little bit too. Creepy yeah. Joe was awesome, especially when she flies away backwards into the camera, like Scar going over the cliffs <laughs> in The Lion King. <laughs> she looked like she was having a lot of fun playing that role. Yeah. You know, they yeah. should have had her do the Wilhelm scream right there. <laughs> it's probably in there. You know, uh, I, I, go ahead. Go ahead. No, you go ahead. Okay. Well, I was just going to say, I mean, obviously, I you know, a lot of people obviously had a tough time with last week because yeah. it was really difficult, you know? And it was, as Beverly says, it's a tragic loss. Yeah. Well, I mean, with for so her, much what she meant was, <laughs> well, she meant a loss of the person's ability to bring yeah, cool stuff to the world. I she know. didn't care about the person, you know? Yeah. I don't think, but <laughs> for the first five minutes she was on screen, I was just sitting there going, boo, <laughs> boo, <laughs> boo, <laughs> she did die for your own morals, boo, <laughs> but you know, I, I think what's interesting is the way the last, and I'm sorry to jump right to the end, but I really want to say it's because it's the thing that's most important to me in this episode. There's a lot of else to talk about, but the end, when you see uh, when you from the time that Joe, real Joe, uh, goes to tell Fargo oh. what happened oh, uh, through the end, this is the payoff for for letting that character go. They made they made Holly's character count. Like when when she left, it, it was tough because she was awesome and, and Felicia Day is awesome and we I was really hoping to see her the rest of the season but... Her loss is going to have a huge impact. Yes, and, and what they did is they just, they took that family aspect that you feel from from Eureka, from the cast of Eureka and they just dialed it up to 11. Yeah. And and that was, I, I, I hate to say, worth it. You know, they it, it paid off. There was a, there were a couple of beautiful moments, and for me, the two of them come to mind. And one of them, probably the most amazing, touching moment of the whole episode, was when Joe went to walk with Fargo, and you know she said, 
don't worry, I'll hold you up. And then he just looked at her. Yeah, and cheesy he knew. though it may be, it's. I didn't awesome. think it was cheesy at I all. I don't either. I mean, I think classically it would be, but I just no. it, it wasn't to me when the she said it. The other one was a really different situation, but it was in in the garage in the real world when uh, Senator Wynn showed up and was trying to convince Henry that Beverly was lying about everything and that they were already yep. all dead. And there's this moment where. Beverly looks back at Henry and they exchange a glance and you see trust pass between them. Those actors are amazing because it was a fraction of a second and you see trust. And then, you know, Henry does the thing where he says duck and he flashes the pulse or whatever. But it's like I knew I just looking at their faces, I knew that he was going to believe her and everything. And that was that was a really awesome moment. Yeah, I I, I, I like that it didn't. um end up in Beverly screwing them over again. Because mm-hmm. um, it's so deep as the character, I, right? If, if Wynn wasn't such a chode, I would have like felt really bad for the <laughs> universe that she wound up in. <laughs> hey, yeah. so I speaking no of kidding. Audra and I just happened to watch uh, that Stargate Atlantis episode from the first season, Home. Right. In the last week. Where they, they think that they're all on Earth, but they're Remember? all having their own separate... Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> Except and, Taylor's stuck in, uh, in, in Shepard's. In Shepard's because <laughs> he's like, I thought that I thought was that you. I thought that was you. <laughs> <laughs> but, but there's this... Uh, what, what, what made me think of it was how the alien explains to them, you know, the fog... He was being fog, you know? Yeah. Uh, it was ex- explained to them... Um, well, Can he you know, be fog somewhere else. <laughs> <laughs> you're, uh, I love you. Get that? Is that Odo? Oh yeah, yeah of course. Right. Yeah. <laughs> you're, uh, he's like, yeah, your your body's, you know. But uh, McKay, of course, we need food. We need food, you know. And uh, he's like, well, you know, yeah, your bodies will will die. You should make good use of your time. I couldn't help but think about that with Win. You know, when Win realizes that she's probably going to starve to death, just or dehydrate to death, which is worse. Oh, actually, crap, that's horrible. Um. And not know she'll it. be lying in a pool of her own waste. <laughs> well, and the thing is, you wake is, up with some very interesting infections. She won't. She'll just. It'd be like would have happened in, in Stargate Atlantis. She'll ship. just die. Yeah. You know, wow. she'll just be okay in that world well, until she where, disappears. Where she is. I mean, we know that Beverly has her somewhere, lying down and, and strapped into the Matrix, and which I, feel I love certain, that they call it that. I, I feel certain yeah, they, that won't go away. They just dropped all pretense. It's just like you know, it's the Matrix. <laughs> <laughs> well yeah why not you know you I, die in the matrix you die here it's like all those those geek cred lines yes de-resing and yeah de-resing from tron they, when they said this series uh this season was going to be for the fans you know i yeah. i totally get this is that. some of it right there oh god i love carter freaking out when joe's naked in front of him that was awesome and he's like oh <laughs> you <laughs> he like he like you know kind of tweaks her nose and <laughs> it's, it's, it's eye contact that's what all i'm all about the eye cut. <laughs> fargo's like amazing the detail here <laughs> great got it now we can take oh take our sweet time <laughs> detail is amazing speaking of fargo god you know there was a lot of acting in this episode that i i guess it's really difficult i think and i don't know but i suspect it must be very difficult to portray a character that is normally a bit jokey like fargo you know fargo is is kind of he's humorous he brings a lot of humor to everything every scene he's in and that's awesome but then when something serious comes around that joke would take away from it. And, and to be able to switch from normal Fargo to serious Fargo and have 
us buy it. Yeah. That's magic. I mean, that's 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 skill. That's not just well, you what, know. What's great is is the um, like, or not great, but like the the payoff that you get when he's like that kind of jovial goofing around. Like I, I call a cell phone next, you know. Uh, right. You know, she's really going to be worried about me, and then it just like takes a dive off a cliff for him. That's kind of like an. The I'm fact a leaf that he's so lighthearted moment. means that when he, he hits rock bottom, it's just this huge payoff in terms of a story. And, you know, that scene at the end with Carter was entirely serious Fargo, more than we've ever really seen on the show. Yeah. And and just, I bought it 100%, you know? You know, I, I feel kind of bad. I, I said a second ago, it's like your leaf on the wind moment. But I feel kind of bad that in the last episode, when we actually lost Holly, I felt I felt bad about it, but I didn't feel as bad as I did this time around when I saw its effect on Fargo. Well, I, well, that's the thing too, is that if she's, she's died, but you don't get the payoff of the people that love her. Yeah. Cause nobody I, knows having to deal with that. Right. Then, then it kind of stays in limbo for a bit. And it, I feel a lot more closure than last week. Uh, like my statement of, you yeah, can we ever have any fun with these shows? I mean, I, I think overall in terms of how it advanced the story, I agree with Chuck is, is that it's, it's worth it. And you, this episode, you really get the payoff of that. <laughs> You know what was funny and uh, surprised me was the moment where um, Allison and Joe briefly fought and then Allison kicked Joe into the, you know, the the pit like in Return of the Jedi. And uh, and then Zane like shows up just as just in time to see Robo Joe go flying away. And he's not disturbed by it at all. Like, I, I think it's because he very much knows this is a computer simulation. I know, and- but he's just he's so incredibly good at being you know, having that understanding and that consciousness of where he's at and what's real and what's not. I'd be more like Allison. I'd be like freaking out like, no, no, this is real. Wait a minute. What's real? You know, and, and he's just completely like lucid and and he's even like, but that felt good. Well, he, he's always been distant on his emotions anyway. Right. So I think I think it's it's no leap that for him to just say, oh, this isn't real. OK, whatever. So I know who's real and who's not, and let's and just move on from that. Well, <laughs> it didn't like, yeah. suck. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that was a great moment. <laughs> you know, it's funny. Before we completely leave that concept of of uh, comedy and 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 difficult times and serious going together, I was listening to. I bet you you probably heard this too, Juan. But I was listening to uh, Jane Espenson on a Nerdist Writers Panel uh, podcast today. It's a couple weeks old, I think. Um, Are those just in the regular Nerdist stream, like the his regular podcasts? No, that's why I haven't heard of them. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, I... I I'm going to I'm have to do some subscribing right now. <laughs> yeah, there's a whole bunch of them over there, and, and they're really interesting. But the writer's panel especially is really interesting, I think. Um, whether you have any desire to write or not, I, I, I don't consider myself that kind of writer or anything, but I really enjoy hearing about it because like, like she was talking about uh, writing comedy versus writing drama. And, uh, and the, the interviewer was making the comment that he, he suggested that at one point uh, uh, she was looking to do something different and, and uh, maybe it was the other way around. I can't remember. Anyway, he was suggesting maybe to write something that was just exactly the opposite of what they normally do. Like write just comedy. If you normally write drama or write just drama and uh, and es- Jane Espenson was like, I, I wouldn't do that because they just they don't exist in a solitary fashion in 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 nature. You that's know? right. That's awesome. And and I think that's absolutely true. It's like you know 
you can't have just all one or all the other. And if you do, it's just wrong. It feels wrong. You and know? I, I think the fact that she thinks that way is one of the reasons she's yeah. such an effective writer. Damn I mean, straight. Like even I know maybe this isn't the the favorite example that everyone would pick of her work, but I love the Firefly episode Shindig. Oh yeah. And I mean, it pairs such angst and sorrow, and you know all these issues with seriously funny stuff i mean oh yeah and and she's done that a number of times in her writing yeah and and firefly of course is is a killer example of it you you even when it's funny you're still a little uneasy you know but like i think eureka is definitely and this this i think just ties right back into the discussion we had last week with what is dark and is is this show that is not dark is it becoming dark or is it or or you know that sort of thing i i think that I think that this is a show that on the, uh, I guess, the uh, Darkometer, right? You know, I mean, Dark- <laughs> Darkometer. Darkometer, yeah. That's it, the Darkometer. Pronounce it right, damn it. <laughs> if like zero being the darkest, you know, and, and, and 10 being the lightest, you know, uh, with like, I don't know, Big Bang Theory being 10, we could say, right? Or, or like, uh, uh, maybe Three's Company, right? Or something like that. And, you know <laughs> Three's Company's 11. It's like, yeah, it's 11 on the Darkometer. Darkometer, sorry. Um, or, Scrubs would be like a five. Yeah, a yeah. Four, a six, maybe, maybe seven. I, th- I think, Now, Scrubs? Oh, yeah. At yeah. points, but in on average, it's, pretty it's more... funny most of the time. It's Yeah, I yeah. know what you're saying. But like, and... and oh, right, I'm sorry. I'm going the wrong way. Whereas... One is dark. Zero is dark and 10 is light, you know, with like... Yeah. But anyway, my point being my that, bad. like, Eureka is pretty on the light side of it. You know, it's not it's not a comedy, but it's not, you know, it's a very light drama, you know, a very funny drama that goes that farther that way. And yet it still has to have its serious points. And normally those serious points come in, I think, lighter fashion, like they come in terms of like a particular technology that causes us to think about something that's a little more serious under the surface or something like that. Um, but... I think especially in this final season where they have the opportunity to do something like like kill off a character. Oh, man. I, you know? I feel like they're really being bold with their characters. Uh, and not just by and not losing one, but no. Yeah. But I, I feel like they're being bolder than ever with the characters themselves and, and pushing them in ways that we haven't seen up to this point. I mean, just it's like there's this extra kind of fire in the writing. Yeah. Well, if you think about it, it was kind of to be expected as well, because you had that lead up at the end of the last season where like, oh, my, all, all of this technology is working and we're creating this amazing mission and, and Carter and Allison are going to be living together. Yeah, and we're it's all building too families and off the cliff. Boom. You know, I have got to even back out, right? Yeah. yeah. I have so much respect for um, the, the plot. And I, I know that this, you know, to me, the most important thing is character. Right. But. You know how in one of the early Eureka episodes, um, Nathan Stark tells Henry that it's only because of people like him, Nathan, that people like Henry can do what they do. That was in the House Rules episode. Yeah, House Rules. Exactly. Nice. And, uh, you know, I've taken some writing classes in college, some creative writing classes, and I've I've tried my hand at like writing short stories and uh, chunks of a novel and stuff, and not a lot really with screenplays. But one thing I know is that you know, I've always valued character above everything else. But the problem is, I've always been so inept at creating plot that what happens is 
when I have no plot to, to do anything, you know, then the character, the characterization is good on its own, but it can't go anywhere. And I just, basically what I'm trying to say is I, I want to give props to the amazing plot writers, the people who wrote these storylines, because without those storylines, without the deciding who's going to be involved and what's going to happen with the Astraeus mission and all that, and, and putting all the pieces in place, the characters cannot develop. So all of that beauty and basically all the beauty that we see on the outside and just revel in is, I, I feel like the plot is the kind of mechanical machine doing the work of, it's like the beating heart underneath it all. And, you know, what I am really impressed by is the fact that when this part of the storyline sort of wraps up, I wouldn't say it's completely wrapped up, but but wraps up, you know, all of a sudden like I think a lot of our fear was that things that were seemed important to us would be throwaway because they're different in this. And, and what's fun is that they didn't end up being that way. Like, like it was all that selecting who's going to be on the Astraeus mission. And then it, the Astraeus mission doesn't even go anywhere except all that selection that we thought was for going to Titan was vital for a different reason. Who would be in what right. world here? Yeah. Exactly. And that's, that's, that's beautiful writing because like uh you know i i one of my friends had suggested that you know like i don't like being tricked and it's not fair that they made me care about this stuff and then it's not important except and this is why it's not i i think a trick you know yes there was a twist but all those things were still important you know all that uh, that effort you put into understanding that or thinking about it is it matters i don't i don't feel duped at all i feel like i'm experiencing it just like everyone else in the show is yeah I think that lends some uh, credence to the uh, continuity of the writing as well, too. Like, you know, you have some shows, and I won't name names, but heroes that their their writers literally <laughs> said between seasons, "Oh, we have no idea where it's going. Or we just write a cliffhanger at the end of the season and see where we go from there." But with Eureka, it actually feels like like all the right people to be inside the Matrix and outside the Matrix were there. And by the right people, I mean like the wrong people, like the people that couldn't figure it out inside the Matrix and the people outside the Matrix that couldn't do anything about it. And, but they still make it work in a, in a way that seems very feasible for the universe. And I, I'm just really happy with, with how they, they led on from this. I mean, it was like I've been reading the, um, the Walking Dead series of comics. Oh, sweet. Recently. I've heard that's amazing. And uh, I get to a point, and I, I, I'll not spoil it for anybody who's reading it, but I get to the point of a time where the characters feel that they're very safe and that, oh, yeah, we could make a life for ourselves here. And it's like, if that was really where the series was going then to... The Cylon then show up. <laughs> that would be really boring. <laughs> I mean, right. well, let, let's just farm all day and, and kill any wanderers that, that came up, right? I mean, it, it, there's only so far you can go being content in a story before it just... <laughs> when it comes down to it, it's a made-up universe, and eventually, if you're not doing anything, it's going to fall apart. So driving a new plot line is <laughs> and really the walking good. dead just becomes about the uh the dirt farming thing in kansas yeah. and you're like yep this is the walking dead or right. <laughs> i'm just gonna plant, name, plant my turnips the name had an entirely different meaning than anyone ever suspected <laughs> <laughs> who was it who said that i can't remember where i heard it i it could have been from any damn place with the crap i, I, I say crap i use that a lot to mean good stuff audra can attest 
Um, I test. Yeah, but like, seriously, like all the <laughs> stuff I've been consuming lately, it could have come from anybody. Who was it who was saying, you know, oh man, if there was really a zombie attack, like a real no kidding zombie, you know what would happen? Everything would go back to normal within a week or two. Yeah, you might carry a shotgun on your way to work. You know, you might pop a few if they get too close. But you know what? Eventually, you just be going back to work and sitting in front of your computer. Doing I don't know. It thing. sounds like Hardwick. <laughs> like it sounds like something Hardwick would say. I don't know. It does. It, it does. Yeah. It must be related, but it's so true. It's so true. <laughs> just carry a shotgun yeah, so basically whatever, you, know. you live in texas yeah you know, exactly, <laughs> exactly so basically no difference from there. <laughs> exactly. no jh here you know a little different for you guys up there but people, i just put it on the in, dashboard instead of behind the seat yeah, yeah, right, yeah, right. Yeah. people in texas find a way to to smuggle shotguns into a concealed carry law <laughs> in my pants <laughs> is that a shotgun or are you happy to see me yeah no, uh, but but seriously, you know, another thing that, that I loved was that uh, the other way around where you had these serious moments and they would eject small bits of humor into them. Very Eureka-like humor. Yeah, you know, yeah. one that like, really like the Jack one, Jack you in, Jack. I said oh, it at yeah. the same time. I was like, <laughs> and he just gives him that kind of you know eating grin that uh, is just like hey, hey I yes i, I, I made s- another funny <laughs> <laughs> and it's so nice. appropriate you know? i saw the look on his face and then i just said it with him because i could he, see it did, coming <laughs> it was pretty good the one that stands out in my mind is when uh uh real carter gets into the simulation and he goes up to alice and he's like no no, no you gotta come with me you know, do you trust me? And she goes, no. Really? Thought that would have gone another way. I thought that would have gone differently. <laughs> yeah. What was it? What was the? I'm trying to think. There was a famous movie that was like that. You know, do you trust me? And was it? Was it? It's oh my, No. Was it? Was the Matrix? Wasn't it? No, it wasn't the Matrix. Crap. I'm going to think of it. But it was the guy saying to the woman, "Do you trust me?" And she says, Aladdin? No, it's not Aladdin. You trust me, and then he grabs grabs her arm and pulls her out of the carpet. Yeah, but there was a there was a different movie. Crap. <laughs> He's making you made that up. No, I'm not making it up, but I'm just still messing with her. <laughs> nice. Prince Ali Paris, he <laughs> He got the monkey. He's back the monkey. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, I I do like the some of the some of the geek callouts in there, like the uh, you know Fargo when he gets in the uh, out of town loop, he's like, "What the frack?" and yes, and uh, the collision mesh error, as they call it, yeah, which yeah. I've seen in computer games many oh, yeah. times. Oh, like, oh yeah, totally. Started out with like the Skyrim dragon from last week, and now it's like that bird stuck in a rock. I'm like, yeah, that looks about right. <laughs> and, uh, what I, happened I don't to my dog in else, Fable? It's like in Minecraft when you set off a thousand sticks of dynamite all at once. Yeah, my my computer's gonna spike pretty hard trying to trying it, to render. It that. really does set off noticeable heat when you do that. Yeah, <laughs> have to be I hear seen the fans the on the graphics start going, oh crap! <laughs> I gotta render all this, and it just just like chunks right down yeah like two frames a second actually i i had a really funny thought about this too did juan did you see the uh news that i guess they uh the the Gita on fire initiative the mm-hmm. green swarm initiative in eve um yes, eve an mmo for those who aren't aren't uh aren't mmo people um massively multiplayer online game uh or or as it's like a lot of people call it spreadsheets in space <laughs> it's a very complex space 
based game. They're they're having so their ninth more. they're having their ninth anniversary like this week. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. Well, uh, Jita is a trade hub, and one of the cool things about uh, about Eve uh, that's different than uh, World of Warcraft and some of the others is that in Eve, the whole universe is essentially one instance. Instead of having if you're on one server, you're in one instance, and if you're on another server, you're on a different instance. One persistent world. Yeah. Right. The whole world goes together, and you're in the same world with everybody else who's playing anywhere. Side and, effect of that is that you actually have a realistic economy running on here because you have effectively entirely open trade. Right. And, and everybody converges in this one system that they've continually upgraded the servers to to keep up with the, uh, the amount of traffic flowing through it. I wonder if anyone's ever done scholarly work studying how an unregulated free market works in EVE. Yes. Really? Have, I was just going to say. They absolutely have. And in fact, a number of them work now. They have, uh, they have economists that work for, uh, for uh, CCP, uh, the company that makes EVE. But uh, what was really interesting was uh, this, uh, this uh, uh, pirate corporation, I guess you could call it. That Happy might kidding. be the best way. No, no. <laughs> uh, it's, it's called Goonswarm. And it's it's a, a fairly a very large pirate corporation decided mm-hmm. that they were going to literally just destroy everything in Jita, every <laughs> ship, everything, all these ships full of expensive stuff that's being moved. Because literally, if you're trading things in Jita, they have to get there. So you have big freighters that ship things there. And everything, yes. and, and and they move very slowly. Yes, <laughs> and and remember that uh, Audra probably knows this, but people listening may not. That uh, in Eve, places like Jita that are in high security areas uh, are protected by Concord. So if you attack one of these ships, you know, unprovoked, which of course would be unprovoked, uh, Concord, the uh, NPC ships will come in and destroy you. So essentially. Uh, Goonswarm saved up all this money and built all these ships and went in and just destroyed oh, wow. other ships and just threw away ships left and right to do it. Um, but here's why what makes me bring this up is that not only is it interesting that what makes Eve also different is that the whole universe is PvP, player versus player. You can attack people anywhere, like the artificial reality in Eureka, right? Yep. And when, uh, But I think a lot of people don't think about this, that things that are considered bad form in other MMOs are actually considered normal gameplay in eve so like when the developers heard that this was going to go down uh what they did was immediately realize that wow with all the people that are in jita at any given time how did they get tipped off well i mean there are a lot of ways you would imagine they could figure it out it was a leak though i mean they weren't supposed to know i don't know well i i don't think it's necessarily secret from them there's no reason to hide it from them um as you'll see in just a second when i i was going to say that when they heard this was going to happen, instead of like dissuading people from doing it or worrying, what they did was they thought, man, you know, with all these people in this system, normally this system is hard on the servers that run it anyway. Uh, with all this battle going on in there, it's going to destroy it. So they started working to beef up the servers that <laughs> that that uh, that handle the Jita system as well as you're like an innocent little freighter and you see like all of this like construction work going on and you're like hmm no no, no this is this is in the real world they're literally like they're they're a- I know I'm just saying it'd be funny if there was some indication you know like like the server keeps resetting or something and they're like under construction sorry you're like, yeah that's there's a, that's there's a Jovian time. transporting as a Xeon processor across the sector do I don't know what that means but I'm gonna laugh <laughs> pretty much yeah. 
Uh, even joke. <laughs> it is. I have one person listening will have gotten that and will go, ha, 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 computers and... One person on the podcast got it. <laughs> but... Yes, yes. But but, jokes. but the funny thing is, so they, they, they beef all this up and they even rewrote some of the code that operates it and everything to make it work. And then when it went down, they were able to successfully process it all. And it happened and it worked. And the developer's blog, which I should probably link or something, not that I guess nobody really cares, but the developer's blog that they posted afterward wasn't about like, oh my God, look at this horrible thing. It was like, hey, Look at how we managed to support this really cool thing that was our players determining the course of their universe on their I, own. Yeah. I had read that. And they're yeah, proud I, of I, that. The thing I really liked about that was the quote from the dev, and I'm going to misquote it a little bit, but he, the, the guy said, you know, it would actually have gone against everything that this game stands for if we did try to dissuade this action. Because this game is all about open universe, do whatever you want within the boundaries of the game mechanics. So if we had gone in and said, you know, oh, come on, guys, don't do this. This is going to mess with other people's gameplay. This is inconvenient for people. You e can't do this. Have We're going to kick <laughs> they, Yeah, they would have rioted. It's I like mean, the Old I, West and even. <laughs> yeah. But what, that's what's cool about it is they're like, all right, well, if this is going down, we at least know about it beforehand. Let's beef the damn server up and keep and keep moving. And this will be an event to remember. This is like the market crash from a couple of years back. This is something that's going to be remembered in this game for, for years to come. And I think that's the draw to Eve for the most part is come to Eve and make your mark on the universe somehow and and do it in a creative way. And contribute somehow, be it through destruction or through creation or through uh, any number of things or lying or cheating or stealing or who knows what, whatever the hell it might be or, or you know, make a mark on the universe. <laughs> That's cool. Anyway, it made me think of that. Like when you, the uh, n the big explosion that broke the system just really made me think of that dev blog and think about how all that works and, and how... It was awesome watching the whole sky explode and, yeah. and, and like was that supposed to happen? And, uh, nope. Fargo's like, we really broke the matrix. <laughs> <laughs> That's a pretty good effect, too. I, I, I like that. I You know, I love the fact that we had another... Um, Carter, like in a physical situation, like flipping out, you know, at the end when everything was disappearing around him. Felt right. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> Boy, he's like, ah! I mean, it was kind of Carter scary. Carter everything but, disintegrating around him. But yeah, it's Damn sort of, right, it it's feels sort of right. like, yeah. uh, oh, things are, things are feeling normal again, you know? <laughs> Eureka normal. Like Carter in a flying house, you know, Carter in a crushing Jeep, Carter, you know, in a, a windstorm that he could barely walk in, Carter with his limbs all magnetically <laughs> moving. You know how you could know that it was the Matrix? Because the Jeep, if I remember correctly, was parked relatively near the Astraeus and didn't get destroyed. <laughs> <laughs> That's not right. Really? <laughs> I love the guy, the, the cop who is like, Oh, business on the ship today or whatever? And he's like, uh, I got, got nothing. nothing. He just shoves the bomb and he just sprints. <laughs> That's pretty good. And and 15 seconds. <laughs> 12 seconds. Whatever, yeah. yeah, exactly. Nothing. You know, one, one, uh, one other little geeky perverse pleasure I got out of that was the, uh, the flash drive analogy. I can't remember who it was that was explaining. It's oh, like, Zane. He's like, yeah, it's like a yeah. flash drive. You can't just yank it out. And then Joe's like, or system, fatal system error. And Reason I'm like, number two, I'm that like, you what? know, they're Mac people. I know. And, I'm like, what? And, what I, 
No, and I, 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 I got the analogy, and I'm like, yeah, people should do that. I don't think anybody knows to do that. <laughs> Unless you're a Mac person. On a Mac person, it's a nice, handy eject button right there. On Windows, it's like, oh, let's go find a, you know. I know, you have to find the cryptic green arrow buried among all the crap at the bottom. And then you click it, and there are like a hidden. whole bunch of options. And it's like, you know, eject, and it gives you all these letters, and you don't know which port well, it's in, the, so you just Ma- pick one. But in the, and the Mac will, will just bitch and piss and moan right in the middle of the screen and scream at you and threaten you with <laughs> your data. Windows is like, if I you guess your data's yeah. gone. <laughs> Windows is like, dumbass. <laughs> <laughs> it kind of is. You, you know, know what's that's really what you sad. get for dicking around. <laughs> <laughs> you know what's so for sad is that I, yeah. clicking around. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there we go. <laughs> it's so sad that I um <clears throat> more than half my classes are in a, a Mac lab at school yep. and nobody knows how to use them and the students gripe nonstop like every single day they gripe about how much they hate apple computers because they can't figure out things like you know how to maximize a window or you know how to just like simple things and and they i don't know how to use the three seashells <laughs> the three seashells i know and i and i've sp- i've been spending a lot of time trying to teach them like Okay, you know the here's the corollary with Windows, and it works like this. Yeah, it's really easy. You know what? You know what? You, you <laughs> know what? It's not control; them. it's command. That's yeah. right. I know. Yeah. I'm like, if, it's all the same. Ninety percent of com- your problems. They don't know any of the keyboard command. Like one or two of all of them know any of the keyboard commands, and they just get so angry. And they they just you would not believe the stuff that they say. They're just like I hate this stupid computer. I'm so sick of these computers. Every day, I, I I'm like, give Dude, everybody you have no idea. the same exhaust. The same. I give everybody the. Same same uh, advice, and it's enough to use a Mac. If you're using Control or All, use Command instead. Right? Programs don't quit when you when you close the window. You know you have to go to the menu and select Quit. And instead of My Computer, it's called Finder. And have it's a nice always day. Running. But and yes, you can right click on any everything. It's not 1996. And if you have a if you have a mouse or something without a right click, then just do a, a Control click. That's how, but I can understand saying this is hard to figure out or this is annoying or this is difficult or something, but that's not what's going on. They're just going, they're like, click. It's not working. I hate it. I know. I know. I, I, just, I caught someone like defiling a keyboard today. Not like wait, having sex with like, it. But wait, like, wait, wait, wait. <laughs> like, like she was taking a, a big pen and just scraping it back and forth across the keys like, and I'm like. Uh, what know? the hell is your major malfunction? I know. I'm like, you know that destroys keyboards, right? And she's kind of like sheepish, like, yeah. I'm like, well, stop. Well, good. Now you're going to go talk to the people here, and you're going to replace the damn keyboard for the next person that comes I in know. to use it, you I'm, dumbass. Nah, nah, I Sorry. Know. I know, right? My bad. And I'm like, if this was a PC, you wouldn't be treating it like <laughs> <laughs> Actually, the other, there were two reasons, like I said, that, that you could tell that the writers- PCs treat itself so badly, you don't have to. <laughs> <laughs> it's a self-loathing PC. Yeah. Virus ridden piece. No, I'm just kidding. Two reasons that they're, you, uh, that they're you know, the writers are, are exactly our Mac people. Matt, One, if we weren't ever going to get feedback for this cast, we are going to now. Oh, yeah, I know. Why do you hate Windows? Blah, blah, blah. <laughs> and I don't. I, I think that there are like there are pros and cons to both types, you know, just I just think it's funny when people like flip out and just hate one of them because they don't know how it works. You know, if you did that to Windows, I think that was silly, too. You were saying, Chuck. No, it's okay. <laughs> I liked, um, I liked, uh, I, I, I was looking through my notes. I had one last note about um, <laughs> Carter's explanation to Zane about if he's real or awesome. not. It's like, you know, 
Oh yeah. The computer version of you could come with come up with something that incoherent. <laughs> what did he say? Something like, oh, what was it? Like he had to jack me to to get at my MP3s. Yeah, that was awesome. Ironic. Like, uh. Uh-uh. <laughs> okay. Bionic. Yeah, I know you. <laughs> Bionic. No. No. Ionic. Yes. <laughs> you know. Um, isn't it ionic? Oh, and I love that <laughs> the think? high security Carter was back to talking like Beverly again. Well, intellectually, Fargo, you should just move on with your life. It's like, mm. welcome back, Bev. <laughs> I was just going to point out the funny thing that, like I said, there were two reasons that you can tell the writers are Mac people. One was the flash drive thing, and the other was the episode name. Yes, force quit. Oh, yeah. <laughs> right. Totally. That. It was awesome. Nice. <laughs> Well, we had, well, it was either that or rage quit. So, yeah. oh, that would have been funny. Yeah. That was, uh, that's just, what Beverly did. Oh I love that when Carter comes back, he's like, Henry's like, Beverly got you out of there, man. She saved you. Where is she? I don't know. You had one job. Yeah. <laughs> then right funny. after that, as um, you, you get to see them all sitting in front of the Cafe DM uh, catering truck. And Jenna's still like, Seven or eight years old. <laughs> no. It's like, all right, whatever. She is adorable. Guys, I hate to do it, but we got to wrap up because we got another podcast here. Yeah. So, I uh, am stoked about next week's Eureka. I'm so happy to have the new stuff. So, uh, hope you guys are enjoying. And uh, that's all for me. Juan? Force Quit was awesome. <laughs> Agreed. We will uh, see you next week with more new Eureka. From everyone here at Save Eureka and GWC, thanks for listening. If you'd like to watch Eureka or other fun shows with some of the friendliest people in geekdom, visit us at galacticwatercooler.com. We'd love to hear from you as well. If you have something to add to the show, give us a call at 214-296-9229. That's 214-296-9229. And follow the instructions there to leave us a message for inclusion in a future podcast. Financial support from listeners like you keep all GWC podcasts on the net each week. To find out how to donate, visit galacticwatercooler.com slash donate.